Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and uh, we've got our What Happened episode for Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, the son of Han and Leia, and uh, our What Happened series basically covers a character, focuses right in on that one character, and takes elements from every single canon appearance beginning to end. So we start at the beginning, look at his origin, look at his background, see the transition of that character from Ben to Kylo and onwards to the very end in every single comic, book, video game, movie, TV show he's ever showed up in. So let's dive headfirst into Ben Solo. Another happy landing. Welcome back to the show, Blake. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's funny how uh, basically what happens is Lego puts out a Halloween episode and then we jump on board to do a what, what if episode or a yeah, what yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. You know, it starts off with, uh, with oh, they, uh, they put out a new Lego uh, Star Wars movie and they're pulling from a, a Kylo Ren comic book in some areas. Uh, so let's do coverage on that. And then uh, that goes from... From that as a singular idea until like, hey, you know what? Let's just do a what happened episode. Cover absolutely everything. Um, so doing the research for this was quite extensive. Took uh, more than a few hours. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, people like us, like we, we just know a lot about Star Wars and stuff because we're always like, you know, you know, we're just a little invested in it. That's all. Mm-hmm. But uh, a character like this who's a little bit newer you know, it's still kind of, there's still new content that's come out that I haven't maybe digested yet properly enough that it's just on the top of my head. So when I was relooking into this character again, there was a lot of moments where I was like, oh yeah, I've come across that before, but that actually makes a lot more sense now when I watch this movie or that movie or whatever. And uh, one big thing to point out is uh, within the last couple of weeks, a really uh, brand new book just came out called uh, Secrets of the Sith which is uh, a counterpart to the book that came out last year called uh, The Book of, uh, the Secrets of the Jedi, I think it was. And uh, it's basically a journal, like a, almost like an in-universe journal of uh, the Sith Lords of the Star Wars films, and it's written from Palpatine's perspective. And oh, so it really gives a lot of insight to like the actual plan that he had in episode nine, because it's so confuddled and like muddy as to like what was actually going on. Yeah, uh, it was very confusing. Yeah, think- no, it didn't help that the movie was so rushed, like like just boom, 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 boom. Like like there's, there's a lot of stuff. Is- Oh yeah. yeah, like that could easily have been a three-hour movie, and and it still could have been longer, you know. 
or a like two part ending episode. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So, uh, you know, like in today's age with three hour movies, I mean, sitting down to watch uh, the Snyder Cut, you know, the the Justice League movie, which is a four hour movie, or That's Endgame. Crazy. Endgame yeah. is three. Avatar Extended is three. I mean, even if you watch Harry Potter one and two, those are near three hours. Uh, the new James Bond movie was also closer to three hours. So I don't know why they didn't opt for a three-hour Star Wars movie as they're because they were marketing it as the last movie anyways, right? Like, why not go out with a bang, right? Well, what I also don't for get the ticket. <laughs> why not just do what Lord of the Rings did and just release an extended version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Like, you could, you could always do that, like, later. I guess that's just not within the habits of Star Wars film releases, so maybe they just decided, like... Let's not do that, and they know how many people complain when Star Wars gets changed again. So, True. you know, I guess they were like, let's just leave it at theatrical. But I, I don't really know why they didn't like the idea of an extra long movie because, you know, it's within a director's preference to have their full length thing on screen, and it's always painful to cut stuff from your movie, right? But well, you know what I think it is. This is, I noticed with a lot of J.J. Abrams movies and just a lot of modern movies in general is I think what happens is they know the story in their head while they're editing it. So yeah. then as stuff gets trimmed tighter and tighter and tighter, it ends up being super fast paced. It makes sense to them because they've seen the story a hundred times already. But yeah. then it's released yeah. to people see it for the first time. And it's so fast, it just becomes really confusing. And you don't right. really know what's going on trying to tie stuff together. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, as far as Ben Solo goes, like, kind of briefly, uh, when we were all looking forward to Episode 7 coming out, you know, there was this phase of of just the world was excited for Star Wars to come back, you know? And uh, and now, of course, flash forward a couple of years, you know, there's, you know, we all kind of have our likes and dislikes about this or that. Uh, but, like, when you first saw the teaser trailer for... Uh, for episode seven or what you know as the force awakens the trailer the, the title was revealed that day um i mean i know my favorite shot in the movie was cut but i mean what did you think of this one this was the first time we ever saw a cross guard saber that's true but that wasn't what stood out to me though what got me was when they were playing like the, the old original trilogy music and then yeah. you see like han solo it's, like, it's true all of it, <laughs> like all like that part of it for me, like the music especially. I just played on repeat yeah. for man. It felt like days at a time, but it and it would just keep bringing a tear to my eye. Like it just it just got me. I was so heartfelt into that trailer. Yeah, yeah. I was very Sweet. excited. We're home. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Ah, man, like those scenes, those scenes. Like you'd have to be a very jaded person for them to not warm your heart. Right. Watching the yeah. trailer. No, it's true. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it, you know, we, like I'll have my personal gripes with those movies, but uh, you know, there's no denying Harrison Ford back as Han Solo, like aboard the Millennium Falcon with Chewie saying, "Chewie, we're home." Like, you know, it's like it, it can't be bitter about that. <laughs> no, of course not. No, I mean, like I, I have other problems with the movies. That's not one of them. But uh, yeah, it was such like... a good like if, if if it was for anything, it was for nostalgia. And I know a lot of oh, people, yeah. it's still their favorite of the sequels because of that. Right. So. No, I agree with that. And part of it, I think, also was that trailer really led us to believe that we're going to see the original 
tri- like trilogy characters, the trio, or, or you know, all four of them, if you want to count Chewie, together, yeah. and they were gonna like be reunited, and yeah. that never happened. Which to me was honestly the biggest missed opportunity of them all. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh man, if we were to get into the list of missed opportunities of the sequels, I could give you like a whole podcast episode just dedicated to my rants of missed opportunities. But, uh, but yeah, that is one of them uh, for sure. Uh, some good that came out of these movies, though, was uh, a bit more of a fascinating character. Uh, of course, we all know in Legends, um, the son of Leia and. Um, and uh, Han Solo to be Jason, and uh, well, they later had another son as well. But uh, Jason Solo, Jason Solo being the most uh, in common character with Ben Solo with Kylo Ren mm-hmm. in the canon yeah. storyline. And uh, I don't know about you, but like I always liked Jason quite a lot as a character. I thought he was a really fascinating. You know, it's the grandson of Darth Vader, and he also mm-hmm. becomes a Sith Lord. I, I always thought that was like kind of neat. Um, I and know the it's fact not like. That- He's a twin with Jason yeah. and Jaina, and then one of them falls, but not the other. It was an yeah. interesting concept. Totally, yeah, and how, how they eventually have to face off against each other, and and you know that was uh, it. Always felt very Star Wars to me, you know, having that conflict within the family again, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and so they pulled a lot of elements from that betrayal of Han's son uh, turning into some dark warrior, and then uh, having uh, um, a girl you know, face off, fight and defeat them, uh, that person, right? That was a big reason why a lot of us thought Ray was going to end up being Jaina, right? Would actually be related to to Ben himself, like maybe be a lost sister or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, you know, it was it was speculated that that this this really was a a Jason and Jaina thing, you know, and uh, and then when we got the the character names of of Ray and uh, this Kylo Ren, uh, I think a lot of us were like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kylo Ren. What? What's a Kylo? You know?" <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because like to me, when you hear the word Kyle in any context, it's just like this <laughs> this '90s name. So you just picture some guy with like shades and wearing like a t shirt yeah. and board shorts. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, you know, one thing, uh, one thing I, because I, you and I grew up with the prequels coming out, and uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, as each movie came out, there was like waves and waves of books and toys and everything, content that would just kind of fill in the gaps as, as far as the Legends universe is concerned. Um, the Jedi Apprentice series, the Jedi Quest series, they all filled in a lot of gaps with like, Young Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, young Anakin and Obi-Wan, young this or that, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like when Force Awakens came out, there was not a lot of stuff that filled in any gaps. So we went into that that movie. No, we went into that movie and and I don't know when I left that movie, I felt very hollow inside, and 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 I'm I'm like I'm talking more than just the movie made me feel hollow. I'm talking about like I left more questions than it did feel like a fulfilling Star Wars movie. It felt very nostalgic, but I I didn't feel like I'd I'd kind of gained anything from it, you know, and. and a lot of it was this, this, all these questions shrouded around, okay, Han and Leia have a kid and we just started off watching episode seven with that kid already being a dark sider. Like yeah. what, what the heck happened in the last 30 years? Like, like where, where did that story go? 
So uh, one of the goals today is to actually, you know, talk about this character extensively to the point where at least you and I and also everyone listening has a greater understanding of the story arc of this character. And uh, I've prepared a very extensive document into the research of this combination of uh, things that I've read between the Marvel comics and the canon novels, as well as the films, the the Star Wars Resistance show, and uh, of course, uh, our lovely tool of the internet, Wikipedia. So um, I'll just run through a little bit here. We can chat about uh, some of these things after I finish a chunk. So Ben Solo was the son of Han Solo and Leia Organa. Born five years after the Battle of Endor, he referred to Luke, Londo, Lando, and Lundo. Lundo. <laughs> Lundo. That's some robot chicken for sure. Lundo. <laughs> <laughs> he referred to Luke, Lando, and Chewbacca all as an uncle. Chewie taught him how to fly and fire a blaster. His parents relied upon a droid caretaker, and their busy lives contributed to Ben developing a sense of loneliness. Although he was told his parents were away doing important work, he had difficulty accepting it. He possessed. That's raw- interesting, actually, though, that because they kind of led up to this in Force Awakens that Han was never around. So the fact that Chewbacca taught him to pilot and to shoot is actually yeah. very surprising to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like to the I like the fact that he refers to Chewie and Lando as as uncles as well. Uh, not just Luke, but mm-hmm. Chewie is his uncle. You know, and and. It makes that moment in episode seven so much more emotional when he kills Han in front of Chewie and Chewie takes a shot at him with his bowcaster, but he oh, doesn't yeah. kill him. He doesn't kill him. And and he could have. He could have fired it right through his face. I have no doubt in Chewie's marksmanship, but uh, he didn't kill him. He just hit him in the side because that's his nephew. Uh, and, you know, and Chewbacca is such a loving creature and, and, and stuff. So uh, there's a connection between the two of them, of course, that that's never going to be... You know, it's such a torn moment that both of them don't know what to do. Like he he really deep, deep down doesn't want to and regrets actually killing his father at the moment that he does it. And then Chewbacca doesn't have any desire to kill his own nephew. Right. And he can't believe what's going on. So that's that's a whole nother. Uh, it's it's a whole thing. And I was I was actually very uh, uh, I'd never thought about it before that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, it's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. it would have had a very close relationship like that. When you yeah. watch the movie, you almost get the impression that Chewbacca and Ben didn't really know each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. I also find it funny that your mind goes to there, and my mind goes to he calls him Uncle Chewie. What kind of name is that? <laughs> hey, Uncle Chewie. <laughs> hey, Uncle Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> so he possessed raw strength in the Force during the New Republic era. Solo was part of a new generation of Jedi apprentices trained by his uncle Luke Skywalker. Growing up, Solo was unaware of his Sith heritage as a grandson of Darth Vader. Only his parents and uncle, Master Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, knew the truth of Anakin Skywalker's past. Leia decided to delay telling Ben the truth about Anakin until he was older, when her brother could explain the return of the Jedi and the story of Anakin's life. Ben, however, perceived that his family was keeping something from him. The doubts about his family were encouraged by voices that communicated with him telepathically throughout his younger life, one of which was Snoke. The voice used his insecurities and fears against him. This would terrify him, claiming that he could not survive without the voice because he was weak. It also provided warnings of danger and told him secrets to which he regarded as comfort and guidance. He did not tell anyone about the voice. In truth, Darth Sidious was the apex of the dark influence. 
invested in the powerful bloodline of his last apprentice. Sidious intended to convert Solo to the dark side as he did with Anakin. He therefore used Snoke as a proxy to hold sway over Ben and turn him against his family. That must have been over a long period of time. Because if you hear voices in your head... And then you're like, I'm just going to trust this strange anonymous voice. (laughs) Totally, totally. And uh, we're going to get into it in just a moment here. But the Rise of Kylo Ren comic does, throughout the whole miniseries, very quickly kind of introduce that to his life. Uh, You see these black text bubbles uh, in each panel. And that's Snoke and, and Slash Palpatine speaking to him through the Force. But he doesn't know who it is yet. And when he finally comes to discover who it is, he trusts this person that he finds because he, he's he been hearing that voice all these years. And and Snoke being a proxy is basically like Sidious's mask uh, for not being there himself. Because obviously, I'm sure he may have heard about Sidious and obviously so with Luke. So, you know, having a, a different, like a proxy figure, a creation of Sidious's to act at, on his behalf was part of the plan, I guess, to uh, manipulate Ben's mind, right? And then lure him in. Uh, it's interesting so. that Palpatine had to go through that much effort of making this weird clone body, though, for that Yeah, purpose. yeah, it is kind it's of, a, yeah. It's a long length to go to to convert Ben Solo. Uh, totally, totally. Uh, I'm going to do my best to ignore all the... Uh, obvious kind of retroactive changes that they made to accommodate episode eight and nine uh they've done that through like episode nine did a bunch of stuff to retroactively cure some of the plot holes that episode eight set up that episode nine didn't want to deal with and then some of the books have also and the comics as well have retroactively patched up things that the movies haven't actually told us about so right Looking at all of this stacked in linear order kind of thing, we're just going to, as a group, try and accept it the best we can as we kind of go through this list. Because there's some things that stand out as like, okay, yeah, but I know the behind the scenes reason as to why that's there. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that, just so you know, just a heads up. Yeah, little I can kind of gather that by your cackling, can't even yeah. say the sentence without like... Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things, so Snoke being a voice inside his head, that all that stuff that I was just talking about uh, in the trailer for Rise of Skywalker and in the movie, uh, Sidious has a bit of a throwaway line that he gives that we don't really think too much of it, but it actually has a lot of significance when I read this part. And it's when he says, I've been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. And it, it like changes with between Snoke and Vader and Sidious's voice, like as he says that line, it's one of the coolest effects, audible wise, that I've ever heard uh, in in the, all of the movies. Like it was really awesome. And he was uh, talking to Kylo yeah. when Sidious said this. Yeah, he's like like in the in the clip, uh, it, like Sidious says, "I have been every voice," and then like Snoke comes up, "You have ever heard," and then Vader like inside your head. You know, he like oh, does right. it like that, yeah. right? When he's like going to Exegol and he sees right. it. Yeah. That was actually a yeah. really good impression, by the way. <laughs> Props to me. <laughs> yeah. Because I forgot that in The Force Awakens, Kylo keeps turning to Vader's melted mask and saying, like, why won't you speak to me again? Yeah. He's, he's basically, it looks like he's like praying to the helmet kind of thing, right? So uh, when he does that, 
uh, in episode seven, it's not perceived that way, but, but in the other movies, uh, well, at least in episode nine and now in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, they reveal that, that he's always heard this voice in his head and, and he has a deeper connection to this voice when he has that helmet because he feels a connection to it. And when he discovers the truth about his family, that holds significance for him as he communicates to the voice, right? So uh, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, Sith relics are a thing in Star Wars and they connect one to the dark side a lot easier and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it's not that hard to buy. Uh, so the emperors, uh, we're going to sidestep here. Quick note on the side, but it does have a significance. Uh, the emperor's son was a byproduct of this Sith eternal cult's bioengineering experimentation with his genetic template on Exegol. However, the man who became Ray's father lacked any connection to the force. He was deemed a failed experiment. Sidious rejected the strand cast, considered useless and a source of much disappointment to Sidious. Nevertheless, it was permitted for his cloned son to live and just long enough that he escaped from Exegol to pursue a life away from the dark side of the Force. After fleeing, the son had an intimate relationship with a woman of unknown background and the two had a daughter, Rey, who was born 15 ABY. That's 15 years after the Battle of Yavin. That confirms that Rey and Ben Solo are 10 years apart in age. Uh, so Ben Solo was born exactly around the time that the Mandalorian show takes place, which is five years after episode six slash the Battle of Endor. And now we know that Rey is also 15 years after Battle of Yavin. So that's about 10 years after the Mandalorian, all the live action shows that we've been watching. That's, that's 10 years from now that she's born. Uh, ben and Rey were counterparts as a dyad in the Force, a Force a power of which was unseen for generations. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of like the uh, the big block of his youth and a little bit more backstory. Fill him in a bit more. What do you think of all that? Hmm. I'm surprised that. Well, I guess I'm curious where the the emperor's son story came from. Was that in a book or was that like a random side short story? Like where where did you source this, that? Um, so, uh, so as I mentioned, uh, there was a book that came out, The Secrets of the Sith, yeah, uh, and uh, that that reveals a lot of Palpatine's plan, and and also kind of gets into where these things happened, uh, mm -hmm. visual dictionaries, all this stuff, like this store, this stuff, um, that specifically, um, I forget if I pulled that from the wiki or the, or sorry, the wiki or the, uh, um, excuse me. Uh, or the uh, website that sourced from the Secrets of the Sith book, but one way or another, that information is floating around out there. Okay, because um, I would almost also feel from like the movie episode nine also showed us, you know, a little, a little bit, bit about yeah. Like they, they, I didn't realize that the squib version of Palpatine's son on the un one with no connection to the Force. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that he was an experiment. I thought that Palpatine probably had some sort of concubine. Yeah, so um, that's what I thought too before going in. Oh, mind you, this is another thing to mention. I haven't personally read them, but the sequels all have novelizations to them. And uh, more recently, not the not the George Lucas Star Wars movies, but all the Disney ones after Episode Seven came out, the novelization had a subtitle on it called uh, The Expanded Edition. 
which cemented the novelization as canon within the saga. So the expanded edition of the film technically is in a novel format, not in an extended film edition format. So there were some things that were added in to episode nine, the novelization, which also cemented some of this information. Fair enough. Um, okay. The uh, the son that that M- the emperor had was probably uh, just based on this little bit of information was probably an experimentation again, kind of like Snoke to try and find a vessel for him because that's the goal of luring Ben Solo in to be uh, to be uh, I guess not just his apprentice but he wants Ben Solo as a vessel for his soul like to take him over you know and that's also what he had planned for Ray at the end of episode nine he wants Ray to kill him so that he can possess her body and and this and that right mm-hmm. um, but yeah I guess cloning he's basically a Boba Fett. He's basically like a clone of Palpatine that didn't necessarily work out. Um, Snoke, on the other hand, is a product of Luke Skywalker's severed hand. Uh, though, so it's he's Snoke is a product of Luke's genetics combined with Sith alchemy and probably some genetics Grogu. of Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, maybe Grogu, who knows, right? Like that story hasn't fully been fleshed out yet, but we do know from the Marvel comic Darth Vader series that Luke's severed hand had been uh captured by the Empire, I guess, and stored on Exegol in a tank that was being used in the same room that all the Snokes were being made in. So we do know that Luke's hand has something to do with Snoke. Um as far as Palpatine's son, that was probably just a product of direct cloning. And when they realized direct cloning didn't necessarily mean that they would inherit midi-chlorians or the Force affinity, I guess they gave up on that experimentation and realized, let's just let nature take its course and see if that son has a child of their own, which then will then naturally possess affinity to the Force. Which that does explain why they let, let him live, because it... That was my question as well. Was yeah, knowing Palpatine, if it didn't work, he's more likely to just tie off loose ends, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in the movie, though, in the movie where where Ben Solo describes that Palpatine had his son killed and stuff, he doesn't really get into the whole lot of detail about it. He just says that Palpatine was out to kill the, her parents, kind of thing, and he used Achi, that Sith assassin, to do it. Um, but you know, of course, it's again, episode nine is a very rushed movie, so they didn't necessarily have time to flesh all this out. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. This is a this is a comic book that um, you can find it in trade paperback format. Issues number one through four came out between December 18th, 2019 and March 11th, 2020. It's written by Charles Soule and has great artwork. And it literally fills in a lot of what anyone needs to know about how Ben Solo turns into Kylo Ren. Um, now you didn't read this for the longest time and I kept on, uh, encouraging you to read it and, you know, with us doing this episode, you finally got around to it. What did you think of this comic book? Was did you, did you like it or was it kind of like weird at, at times? First comment, because this is what stood out to me the most. Snoke looks so goofy in this comic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's wearing, he's either got a wig or he's got like an old man's golfing hat. 
It's an old man's golfing hat. It's like a little like shell hat kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind Why of. Why does he have that on? I don't know, man. It's 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 a little it's a little odd. Uh, but mind you, I could ask the same question about him in the Last Jedi. I, I would be like, Ryan Johnson, why is he wearing a bathrobe? <laughs> Well, you know, at least there he's just trying to be comfortable. This is just it's like he was he was nervous that Ben was coming over and he didn't want him to know that he was bald, so he just like grabbed this like an old man just like grabbed his a hat. A hat. It's like oh, where's my toupee? Oh I can't find it. No, oh, just put this on. Yeah, it's that that's kind of the vibe I got. <laughs> and I thought that Ben was maybe a little too trusting. Of like snow, I know they had to rush it because that was kind of like the story. They didn't want to spend too much time building that up, and they yeah. pointed out, as you said, that he's been hearing this voice for a long time. But I didn't realize that was the first time he met Snoke in person. I thought they had mm-hmm. met in person before that. Yeah, this comic book, I believe, is the first time, maybe, maybe the second time that they've met because. In the Force Awakens novelization, or maybe it's the the Last Jedi novelization, it's revealed that Snoke has uh, come across come across paths with Luke Skywalker before. Now, I don't I forget if that's from Luke's perspective or if that's from Snoke's perspective, but if it's from Snoke's perf- uh, perspective, obviously we can kind of assume that maybe that's just Palpatine saying that he had confronted Luke Skywalker before because later on I'm going to talk about a comic book in which uh, Snoke actually uh, tells Ben that he admires Luke Skywalker. So um, there's a little bit of confusion there still as to the first time that Ben and Snoke meet. But then again, if the first time really is in this comic book, the way that it happens and plays out, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the first time. And it's just so natural because that voice in his head, who's been Snoke this whole time, uh, it's been in his head since he was like a young child, right? So so he's known Snoke in his head for over 10 years at this point. Still, when he meets Snoke, if it is the first time, you hear this voice in your head for years and you meet him as like this oblong, deformed creature with a golfing hat. Like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't trust that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, like, I'm going to be honest, like this, uh, that's another one of those things where it's like, do we buy it? <laughs> Maybe not. Um, and but he's talking time, about how, like, you can't destroy the dark side and like you need to embrace it. It's like, ah, yeah, meeting this guy is kind of like a little sketch, a little sketch. Meeting a, yeah, it's like meeting some, like you're a 10 year old and you meet some like creepy adult in the woods at night. Like, that's kind of what it's like to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think that's kind of what it's supposed to resemble, though, in a way, in a in a really twi- twisted, twisted way. Because, like, let's not forget, like, I mean, like, before the uh, uh, events of him going to meet Snoke, there's some, there's a few things that happened. But, um, but obviously, uh, this is a guy who, uh, you know, I started off by saying, like, grew up as a lonely child, so he seeks comfort in the voice in his head and you know as deformed as Snoke really is you know perhaps he hears the voice that he's always heard and he just takes he just takes comfort in it right I mean like you know we all might have like our own kind of relative that you know f- you know 
makes us feel a little like uncomfortable, like, you know, physically to be around or whatever, like, you know, or I don't know, like maybe uh, they're just a little intimidating or whatever, right, to other people. But to us, it's like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so to me as part of my family. So, uh, so you know, I don't really think twice about it, right? Uh, so, so maybe creepy it's Uncle like Snoke. That. So you're saying. yeah, 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 yeah. Creepy Uncle Snoke kind of thing. You know, he he's just he just feels like family to Ben at this point in his life. So, um, so Ben uh, it starts off with Ben, Luke, and Lor Santeca journeying to an old Jedi temple outpost, which uh, is where they find a group of pirates and darksiders, uh, the Knights of Ren. I'm going to mention this uh, real quick. The temple that they go to is actually the temple that we're reading about uh, with the uh, temple outpost that we're reading about in Light of the Jedi. Oh, uh, that's It's the cool. exact same place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who follows? Uh, uh, so the Knights of Ren follow uh, the the Ren, which is what they refer to as uh, the the red lightsaber that the leader carries. He also has a helmet with some distinguished red lettering and markings on the front faceplate. Uh, Luke fights them off, but allows them to live. And the leader invites Ben to their ways as he senses the great shadow uh, in Ben before he leaves. Uh, So the leader of the Knights of Ren at this time, as Ben is still a Jedi apprentice and all that stuff, uh, the current leader of the Knights of Ren wields a lightsaber, also has an affinity for the Force, and can detect the dark side inside Ben Solo, uh, which is likely the natural pull to the dark side because of his heritage which is anakin skywalker right years pass and the events of the last jedi flashback take place and uh there's a little quote from luke skywalker uh, about ben solo when he's talking to ray about it he said what happened i went to confront him i saw darkness i'd sensed it building seen it in moments during his training but then I looked inside and it was beyond what I ever imagined Snoke had already turned his heart he would bring destruction and pain and death at the end of everything I loved because of what he will become and for the briefest moment of pure instinct I thought I could stop it like a fleeting shadow and I was left with shame and with consequence and the last thing I saw were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him when I came to the temple was burning he had vanished with a handful of my students and slaughtered the rest. They had lent Snoke, but it was me. I failed. Because I was Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master. So this is the moment in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic that we actually see from Ben's perspective waking up and seeing Luke Skywalker standing over him with his lightsaber lit. And the way it depicts this moment in the comic book is Luke does like clash lightsabers with with Ben and and Ben pulls the hut down on them both. 
but he gets out and uh, we just assume that Luke has been buried unconscious under the pile of wreckage. And it doesn't explain it well, but the fire was actually started by Ben. That's kind of what I gathered. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I wrote that down right here as well. Ben feels betrayed by his family and his anger summons a lightning fury in a storm that sets the temple aflame. An explosion occurs like from within the temple uh, from the incident and Ben feels ashamed. That's what causes all the big explosion, the fire and everything like that. Here's a side note that I had that was kind of neat because the lightning bolt seemed kind of odd. But it made me wonder because we know that uh, Palpatine has this great like crazy uh, four storm power now. So maybe that was him. Maybe. Uh, Yeah. Because we see that Yoda does it. Does the same yep. thing. So it's possible that this was uh, Palpatine. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's never really made clear in the way that the, these events are depicted in the comic book. So, you know, it definitely could be. It is one of the few times, though, that we do see Ben Solo, like with very faint. I don't know if it's like the there's like a red in his eye. And I don't know if it's the glistening of the red shadow clouds in the sky for the storm, or if it's like maybe Sith the eyes. Sith eyes that he just never really gets again. But, uh, but uh, actually he gets it one other time, I think very briefly when he bleeds his Kyber crystal, but that's pretty much it. So it's a, uh, it's a very strong moment of him for, of emotion. And, you know, this, this moment where the uncle, his master, right. It's like, it's like Anakin waking up in the middle of the night and Obi-Wan's ready to kill him. Right. Like it's like the weirdest, weirdest thing. And this is his own uncle we're talking about. So, you know, a a lonely guy now feels even more lonely because, because the only member of his family that was probably really close to him being his master and all was so PTSD about the whole Sith coming back and everything like that, that he, for the briefest second, wanted to kill his own nephew and and you know it was a really bad time to wake up so uh so he summons the storm or, or palpatine summons the storm whatever temple lights of fire and all this stuff um and uh, his fellow apprentices which you know were off world conveniently at this time come back in a ship from wherever they were and they arrive so, on the scene from uh, to witness the temple burning and ben sta- solo standing in front of that are they the only other apprentices or were there other students yep. that got buried? Well, from what the comic book depicts, there's only three other apprentices in Luke's temple at the time. So there's four students. It's Ben Solo and the the three others. Uh, there's a girl, um, uh, a, a guy with uh, the shaved head, and then uh, I believe it's the, uh, is he an Athorian or? He's a Corrin. A Corrin? Okay, yeah, a Corrin, um, who's, uh, who's also among the group. And the guy with the shaved head, I think, is the same. Is actually like the race is bald, and right. okay. I think it's the same as like the, you know the they're advertising in the new, new New Republic comics. There's like the new like they're like twins and they're like both gay or something. Oh yeah, uh, they're um, yeah. Uh, the High Republic comic books have introduced some some bald um, yeah twins that are like. Uh, they got this mental connection with each other and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think th- from what I could tell that that guy was the same race as them. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Um, so that guy is kind of a friend of Ben's a closer out of the three, out of the three. And the other two are kind of envious of his powers. Um, 
and uh, they're always trying to do better than than him in class or whatever training. So those two actually provoke Ben into a fight, believing that he's the one to blame, and accuses uh, him of Luke's uh, accuses him. Uh, well, Ben says that Luke tried an attempt on his life, and they don't believe him and all that stuff. Uh, so they provoke Ben into a fight, believing he is to blame. Uh, he injures one of the Jedi before leaving, and uh, they pursue him to the place where Ben first met the Knights of Ren in the old Jedi Temple outpost off-world. They again provoke him there into a fight, and one of the Jedi dies of his own blade when Ben uh, of uh, Ben's defensive maneuvers. Uh, he uh, it was the uh, that uh, the Corrin, I think uh, he throws his lightsaber. Ben blocks it, and it. Yeah. flings back at him and slices him in half kind of thing. Yeah, so Ben, what happens was uh, they were accusing Ben of being a murderer and killing Master Luke. And the woman, uh, she attacks him and Ben force pushes her off the cliff. And because he, he basically says, like, if you think about murder, I might as well be one. And then he force pushes her. She's going to fall to her death. And then he 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 has second thoughts at the last second and tries to like, catch her with the force. And then the Corrin throws his lightsaber at him. So he tries to block, he blocks that and it rebounds back and kills the corn himself. Yeah, but he, he, he ends up saving the lives of the other two um, and force pushes them into the Jedi temple and causes the, uh, the entrance to collapse, trapping them inside. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was kind of an interesting moment as well. Because, um, again, the other Jedi don't see what happened. They just think that he killed one of their compatriots and like, okay, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe he saved my life. But like, look what he did to the, the other one, right? He sliced him in half kind of thing. So believing he was responsible for that as well, uh, they track him down again. But by this time, he's found, consulted, and joined the Knights of Ren because uh, Snoke has sent him off to, you know, go join them kind of thing. And they're in cahoots with Snoke. So they've got a meeting about, about it and stuff like that. And they're like, you know what, kid? Yeah, join our cause and whatever. So yeah. he becomes and one with of, the clan. Part of the reason why Ben was trying to join the Knights Ren in the first place is after the temple fell, he had nowhere to go. So he went to yeah. Snoke and Snoke suggested it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he, the reason also the, also the reason why he goes back to the old Jedi Temple is to pick up the helmet that the leader of the Knights of Ren left there for him when they had their first encounter with him and Luke Skywalker and Lor Santeca all those years ago. So this is probably like a couple of years later kind of thing. And uh, and he's gone back to reclaim the helmet and then go off and find the Knights of Ren to join them kind of thing. Because they're the only people that he really has a sense of belonging now. Because not only did they invite him to join them, but Snoke is the guy, the guy of re the voice of reason in his life at this moment is telling him to go and find them as well. So, you know, it all kind of makes sense. Um, the transition is slow and rough, but the Jedi face him one last time, both him and the Knights of Ren. Ben chooses not to kill uh, the Jedi, which is uh, the one that's his friend. Uh, but the leader of the Knights of Ren does and snaps his neck through the force. In anger, Ben destroys the leader of the Knights of Ren and finally crosses the line. In that moment, he chooses to then kill the last final Jedi Padawan himself, uh, the one that has been provoking him from the start, the one he saved uh, off the edge of the cliff and all that stuff. At this point, she's just on his nerves to like the most maximum degree. And he just says, why do you even want to live anymore? And then he just activates his lightsaber in her chest and that's it. Uh, it's a pretty brutal moment. The Knight of Ren now follow him as their leader, and he takes the name Kylo Ren, flying off with his new followers to join 
hands with Snoke. He bleeds his kyber crystal and modifies his lightsaber to handle the overexposure to the dark side by venting the sides of the hilt. Uh, Kylo Ren sacrificed everything in his pursuit of power through the dark side, choosing to isolate himself from the people he loved as Ben Solo. In addition to becoming a champion of the First Order, the Empress, the Empire's successor, uh, that Snoke uh, ruled as supreme leader, Ren gained the title Master of the Knights of Ren, no longer a Jedi, but neither a Sith. Ren strove to harness the pain of his emotional conflict in order to fuel his extraordinary powers to destroy the last traces of the Jedi tradition and a promise to eliminate Luke Skywalker, who he then later realizes that survived. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. And that's kind of like the lead in to... Because we still don't know how uh, really all the Knights of Ren, but Kylo specifically, then got connected with the First Order. That's still kind of obscure. Well, yeah, because, well, Snoke, I guess, being the, like, when he meets Snoke for the first time, I guess the first, the first Order is really this very small, fledgling thing at the time. So when he joins Snoke, he then is kind of affiliated as well with the First Order. And Snoke is like, hey, well, like, hey, I'm a high political figure in this new empire, um, and now you you can be my apprentice, kind of thing, right? So he gets sucked into the First Order's uh, allegiance by way of Snoke, right. if that makes any sense. So, yeah, but I guess that kind of explains how he's apprentice to Snoke, but he's the master of the Knights of Ren, and they're like they're kind of this obscure group. It doesn't really yeah. show up in the movies much other than him to just defeat them, even though he's already... In episode nine, the they got one. a couple of shots where they just stand around looking awesome, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, one thing that I wasn't expecting is the original leader of the Knights of Ren, his name was Ren, and then the rest of them were his knights. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he called himself Ren. So I guess Ben Solo... I don't know where Kylo comes from, but I guess he was like, you know what? I'm Kylo Ren. So... Well, it depends which story you want to believe, because in the comics, uh, Snoke is talking to him near the beginning before he looks for the Knights of Ren. Yep. And Snoke says, you need to create a new persona because you hate who you are being a right. solo. And yeah. so he's, he tells him, like, there must be a name that you've considered. And then Ben says, well, there's one that I had, like I came up with when I was a child, but it's stupid. And then he, and then Stokes like, you must embrace it. Children, are like they're they're raw, and, and what they say is untainted. So and they never reveal that it's Kylo, but it's really obvious that they're talking about the name Kylo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I totally forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's a good one to bring up. Um, Whereas in the Lego version, if we want to talk about that briefly, because yeah, they kind of yeah. recreated this that entire story, but. They cut out the Jedi Temple, and the Knights of Ren are just on the same planet that Luke's Jedi Temple's at, where he's an academy. Yeah, they kind of shorten the story. Um, and just for context, if anyone watched Star Wars or the Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales, that's the the Halloween Lego special that that we're now kind of talking about. They took elements of the Rise of Kylo Ren comic and used it in this kids lego star wars movie but they changed some things obviously to kind of speed up the story and the transition but uh yeah so yeah carry on yeah so they they changed the planet and the other thing they changed is snoke really has nothing to do with it in that version right 
But how he comes up with the name Kylo is the Knights of Ren use the name Kylo as an insult to say you're a coward. Yeah. So they challenge uh, Ben to a duel or whatever. Ben doesn't want to do it. So they all start calling him Kylo. Like, Kylo, Kylo, Kylo. Kylo. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, story happens and then he ends up dueling Ren. And after he defeats him, he assumes the persona Kylo Ren to kind of like own it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. What did you, I mean, like Lego humor is Lego humor. Obviously it's not Star Wars canon or anything like that, but I mean, uh, did you like this, uh, this Lego special or just, I did. It got the points across of like Ben was really, really good at the force and with Anakin, everyone was jealous of him. And then he ran into the Knights of Ren Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this one he gets a, avoid like a nightmare dream to go meet them outside the school and then he does and they offer to like go out and like party essentially so they go on like a party binge and ren basically tells him that they live by their own rules and do what they want and then uh kylo decides to or ben solo decides he wants to join them because he's tired of luke's all luke's rules and i think it's a point where Ren then is going to like kill an innocent and then Ben fights him, beats him and like, but then like decides to join them instead. And And they cut out the whole scene where like Luke, I think it shows up and like, it tries to attack him in his sleep. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. They kept it very kid friendly. Uh, So yeah, if anyone's like, you love Star Wars and uh, you know, you don't want necessarily to show your kids the films or read the comics yet, you know, this is a good way to kind of get the message across. Um, in a very G audience style. Uh, so let's uh, let's keep going here. Snoke begins training Kylo Ren in the ways of the dark side. He uses fear and anger to educate. They both went to the Dagobah cave. Snoke explained that was where all the fears Ren had been too weak to bury resided. He could go in or run away. He ventured in. Once inside, Ren had a vision of his uncle Luke, saying that he didn't want to fight Ren. Ren told him that he did not care and activated the, his lightsaber. Snoke sensed the decision Ren had made and told him that it was a, it was good and that Skywalker would have murdered him in his sleep because he feared Ren and how formidable he'd become. As the two dueled, Snoke advised Ren to, to use his hatred, rise above what he was holding him, holding him back, and strike against the light within. Ren did so and impaled the vision of Luke. It's not too far-fetched from the, what happened in the movie with the yes. Force Ghost thing, right? Yeah, you know, uh, it's like a rhythm. They kind of rhyme. Yeah, they do kind of rhyme. There's a bit of a parallel there, uh, especially the way that that even even with him, Luke saying he didn't want to fight Ren, but you know, Kylo Ren says like that he doesn't care. Uh, it's almost like uh, it's almost like kind of what he says in the movie too, uh, just a little bit along those lines. Uh, so it was it was kind of it was kind of neat, uh, I guess, to to see that. Uh, thinking he was finished, Ren told Snoke that he was done, but Snoke told him that the vision had just started. Despite his anger and rage, Ben Solo could not bring himself to strike down the apparitions of his parents, Han Solo and Leia Organa. Ren then caught sight of his parents, begging him to quit his actions. He tried to kill the light within him by saying that Ben wasn't his name, but Leia insisted that it was and that he was loved. Outside the cave, Snoke could sense the conflict within Ren, but then he sensed Ren ignite his lightsaber. He told Ren to kill the connection and snuff it out. But in the cave, Ren hadn't killed his parents. 
Instead, he used his lightsaber to slice a tree. This action proved that though his hatred, uh, that though he hated his uncle, he loved his mother and father, and it foreshadowed what he would do to Snoke, who couldn't sense that he had not killed the vision of his parents. This is super important because this is the moment that Ben learns that Snoke, even though he can sense Ren's actions, he can't sense the details. So when he turns the lightsaber towards Snoke to kill his true enemy, that's all true, but he's his true enemy is actually Snoke. He doesn't realize that his true enemy is Rey, is not Ray, right? And in this moment, it's the same thing. He he realizes that, uh, like obviously Kylo Ren hates this cave. Uh, so when he says strike down your parents, because I know they're there in front of you, you know he actually strikes down the tree that's causing all this to happen you know mm. all this uh this uh vision stuff right and this is the same cave that luke went into by the way with yoda yeah uh, yeah so the whole thing goes kaboom and the cave is destroyed uh surprising a really good point though because they never really explained how kylo figured it out that he could manipulate snoke like that yeah exactly we just all kind of assumed oh he's been his apprentice for years i guess maybe he's kind of figured out the tricks by now but yeah this is the moment that he figures it out uh, so Ren destroys the Cave of Evil, surprising Snoke, who told Ren that the cave had stood for thousands of years and that he planned to bring other apprentices there. Ren answered by telling Snoke that the past was the past and that Snoke would no longer need another apprentice. Ren is active in the military involvement of the First Order, conquering worlds in the unknown regions, which is where the First Order is operating. And uh, trying to consume himself further into the dark side of the Force, he wears a mask like Vader's and stores it in the ashes of his enemies. Uh, he worships Vader's helmet and tries to be better than his grandfather ever was. So this is the next thing, is he finally now has the helmet at this point, and he's really kind of trying to embrace his identity as Kylo Ren, more so than Ben Solo ever was able to, because uh, now he's tried to destroy that image, right? Yeah, and it's funny to also see the parallel where... It's almost like he's wearing the mask to like hot, try to cover the fact that he hasn't given himself fully yet, but he like wants to. But he's trying. Yeah. To like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Trying to be like Uncle Vader or Grandpa Vader. Yeah. <laughs> so both Ren and Supreme Leader uh, Snoke understood that if Skywalker and the Jedi were to ever return, they would be a grave threat to the future of the First Order. The people who were closest to Skywalker believed he had gone in search of the first Jedi temple, the location of which had been lost, um, a, a location of which had been lost. A partial map was recovered from the archives of the Galactic Empire, but it was missing a, a key piece of the puzzle. The First Order soon discovered that missing the missing map fragment was in the possession of one Lor Santeca, someone that Ben had known since his childhood and who is now a member of the Church of the Force. Um, that leads us directly into his appearance in the Battlefront 2 campaign, uh, which took place in the second half of the campaign, Resurrection, if anyone has played that campaign. Uh, the hunt for Skywalker caused Ren to undertake a journey to the planet Pilio. Although Senteca was not found on this world, the First Order allies captured and detained Del Mico, veteran of Galactic Civil War who served the Empire and then the New Republic, in turn as a member of Inferno Squad. Upon his arrival, the Dark Warrior was greeted by uh, Protectorate Gleb of Janata Security. Dismissing formalities, he instructed the Aqualish officer to lead him to Miko. He found the former soldier wounded and alone on the bridge of a Raider II-class corvette, uh, corvette named the Corvus, which was the 
I guess the ship uh, from the game. I played it, but it was a long time ago. One uh, one uh, thing I want to ask: Is this the same Miko from Star Wars Resistance? No, no. Uh, Del Miko is uh, the character in one of the members of Inferno Squad in Battlefront Two. He's okay. a hu- he's a human male. Yeah. Okay, similar names. Kind of yeah. funny that there's been a crossover. It's yeah, like the, yeah. the goofy slapstick <laughs> character. No, not the same guy. <laughs> okay. It's like they go search out and they find Jar Jar Binks is the one. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Miko with an M, not uh, Nico with an N. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Sorry. It sounds a little different over the mic, I guess. Um, so Ren used the force to probe through Miko's mind. Uh, determined to learn where Santeca took the map, Miko was unable to resist Ren's powers and revealed that Santeca took the map to him to a planet called Bayora. It's unclear as to whether or not he was lying or not because there's a missing section of our story where Lord Santeca is actually not on Bayora at the, uh, because the next thing that we read is that he's on Jakku. So there's a story that has either yet to be told there where maybe Kylo Ren goes to Bayora and doesn't find him again and hunts him down to Jakku, uh, that story has not taken place yet. At some point, Kylo Ren is put to the test against old enemies of Vader and the Empire. He bests their champion, uh, a Zillow Beast, which is something that showed up in the Clone Wars. It was the Godzilla episodes, uh, something of which Vader couldn't do. Uh, he proves to the First Order and those who held fear and respect to Vader that he should be feared the same. Uh, this is a super small point, but it also kind of a crucial thing because. Uh, it was one comic book, and I think it was in the age of uh, uh, age of the resistance. It was one of those character single shot comic books or whatever, and it pulled ties from one of the Darth Vader comic books from the Marvel run. And uh, it was the same planet and race of people and everything. And uh, they basically their their thing that they have there is like they've got this Zillow beast, which acts like they're uh, uh, almost like they're god like they kind of worship it and stuff like that and uh ren kylo ren kills it by uh diving down its mouth and killing it from the inside um like hercules yeah yeah exactly Uh, and uh we know from the clone wars that they killed zilla beasts with the uh the dugs had invented uh, a formula of a get like a toxic gas which uh was able to uh kill the Zilla beast and it was also based on the fuel that they sold to the republic during the clone wars so there's a whole clone wars arc about the Zilla beast and if anyone's interested in that you can watch it that arc though that was with mace windu so we never actually see anakin or darth vader fight a Zilla beast well anakin anakin was in that arc and he he did he did take a swing or two at his lightsaber and realized that its blades were impenetrable um, but yeah, he was in that arc, but no, we never saw him take one down. And then in the Darth Vader comic books, uh, I have read this arc at this one as well, but it's been so long that I can't remember. I can't remember the details of what happened with Darth Vader, but the main thing about this particular Kylo Ren story is that he does something that Vader wasn't, he, he basically one-ups Darth Vader as far as what he was trying to do in that moment. And he proves to one of the first officer officers, uh, the first order officers that uh, who is actually a veteran who worked in the Empire as well. Uh, he proves to him that that he is respectable as Vader once was, kind of thing. Now, to us as fans of Star Wars, that's never really going to be the case. But you know, in the story, 
Kylo Ren to himself and to the stormtroopers, like hundreds of stormtroopers, not thousands, as well as this officer that's really cynical about him being a copycat Vader, Mm -hmm. finally realizes and recognizes the power that Kylo Ren has as the grandson of Darth Vader. So it was an important moment in the story for him. Uh, Kylo Ren finally catches up with Santeca and executes him on Jakku. At this point, now we've reached the story of The Force Awakens. Looking for the map to Skywalker. Ben struggles uh, with the test Snoke has given him to kill Han Solo. Take he carries out mask. the deed and it splits him to you the bone. You don't need it. What do you think you'll see if I do? The face of my son. Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish like his father. So I destroyed him. That's what Snoke wants you to believe. But it's not true. My son is alive. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. Snoke is using you for your power. When he gets what he wants, he'll crush you. You know it's true. It's too late. No, it's not. Leave here with me. Come home. We miss you. I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? Yes, anything. Chewbacca gets a good shot on him with his bowcaster, leaving a big injury in Kylo Ren's side. He proceeds to fight both Rey and Finn immediately after in the forest on Starkiller Base, but ultimately loses the duel to Rey. Probably a combination of both the injury from 
Chewbacca's bowcaster, which we know can blow a stormtrooper off his feet, and uh, killing his father as well has probably got him very distracted. That's kind of the reasons why that happened, because it's really hard to believe that he would lose a fight to a girl who's untrained. Never been trained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Snoke actually says something about this in episode eight, which is something I really liked. Yeah, I really liked that about the script in that movie, because I was like, yes! Finally, like some in-universe like recognition that this was weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. Like, like this girl so. has absolutely no training. She's never used a lightsaber before, or even been in a duel. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. She, yeah. she beats this guy who was trained by Luke and is a Sith apprentice. For yeah. Like 10 plus years. Yeah. And then Snoke says, you are unbalanced. And he goes on a whole tangent rant about, you know, how he's just a boy in a mask and this and that. And basically just tries calling to. Him out. Yeah. Calling him out. And, and you know, also using fear and intimidation to uh, kind of build him up in the dark side. Right. So that's him doing that again. Um, yeah. Do we know how long the gap is between. The end of the comic when uh, Kylo Ren first uh, be- becomes Kylo Ren, and when we meet him at the beginning of the Force Awakens, is there a timeline for that? Uh, no, not not really. It doesn't it doesn't give us an exact year as to uh, you know how far apart those events take place, but uh, it can be assumed that maybe you know maybe like five to ten years, like something in there um ish because <laughs> okay. uh, yeah because yeah. kind of what i thought was around 10 years because he was kind of a Tops, like a boy yeah. like yeah. 16 or something in the comics there so on an attack against the resistance kylo ren doesn't kill his mother via his ship this is in the last jedi now there is still good in him the force begins to bind ray and kylo snoke claims ownership of this one point in the movie uh, however, that's a little questionable at this point with uh, the events of the Rise of Skywalker. Ray begins to form a connection with Ben Solo and later joins Kylo Ren in a temporary alliance against Snoke's throne room after Ben kills Snoke. He proceeds to take over the First Order and tries to turn Ray, who gets away. Uh, then the Skywalker saber is broken in the division between the two. He lies to Ray about her parents. We're still unsure about that because he says they sold you off for drinking money, which is kind of a throwaway line at this point. Um, Ben sinks deeper into the dark side, proclaiming himself the supreme leader. When Rey doesn't join him, he proceeds to destroy the resistance and Luke Skywalker makes his final stand. We all know what that event was like. It was a pretty cool moment. Uh, Kylo Ren seeks out the Wayfinder device on Mustafar now in The Rise of Skywalker, journeys to Exegol where he learns the truth about Snoke and Palpatine, who's been the voice in his head since he was young. Palpatine's... So was it explained why at that point Palpatine didn't just go into Kylo's body? Well, he needs to be he needs to strike Palpatine down in anger, right? So Snoke being a proxy was not Palpatine and he like he is his own person, but he kind of unknowingly through the forest does Palpatine's bidding, if that makes any sense. It's just, again, it's an in-universe way of being like, originally when they were making these movies, they're intended not to be the same person and now they are kind of thing, right? So it's also like that throwaway moment where Snoke says that he's been bridging Ray and Ben, like their minds, he's been bridging their minds through the force. But 
really in episode nine, they give that a thing called a forced dyad, which I guess is just something that either naturally, ha- I don't know, maybe, maybe it is created. I don't really know, but Palpatine is unaware of this connection that they have, right? It's, it's very clear in the movie that he doesn't know that this is a thing until he realizes that it's a dyad and realizes he can restore his body through that power. But oh, uh, if so- Snoke is connected to Palpatine, it makes no sense for Palpatine to not know about the Force Dyad if Snoke claims ownership <laughs> over bridging their minds in the first place, right? So there's like a huge, massive gaping hole there in that plot, which is kind of why I mentioned it. <laughs> so, I feel like we should all tweet this to Pablo and ask for clarification. <laughs> I don't even think Pablo can answer that one, man. <laughs> just, just skip it. Just skip that one. I'm going to explain Palpatine's final plan now. So this is Palpatine's final plan in the last segment I have on the page. Palpatine's final plan intended for Ben Solo to become the host of his Force presence. He sends Kylo to kill Rey. Ben discovers where Rey is hiding on Pasana and goes to confront her, but she escapes. This happens again on Kijimi, and he reveals to Rey the real truth about her lineage. The vision of Dark Ray seen in The Rise of Skywalker on the Death Star is in fact sent from Ray from Palpatine himself, a hint of the future that he envisioned for her as his granddaughter. Ray fights Kylo Ren again on the sunken Death Star uh, when he breaks the second Wayfinder device. Leia's death allows Ray to strike a fatal blow, but she uh, heals him and Ben is redeemed from that moment uh, when Ray says that she wanted Ben's hand and not Kylo's. In a touching experience with, in which Ben Solo relives the moment uh, with his father, he allows himself to be forgiven for his sins and tosses his red lightsaber into the sea. Ben, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. adapted his plan when this happened. So when Ben Solo was redeemed, Palpatine changed the way he was going to do things, deciding that Rey was going to be the host instead. But then he failed to realize that she was part of a forced dyad with Ben. She refused to kill him in anger and hate, which an act which would have left her open to being possessed by his spirit. Redeemed Ben runs to save Rey from Palpatine, but he and he destroys the Knights of Ren on Exegol. The two uh, confront Palpatine, who realizes the power of their bond and the diet that exists. He restores his body and tosses Ben aside. Rey destroys the Emperor with his own lightning, but proceeds to die of unexpected causes. Ben Solo comes out of the hole that he's been tossed into, gives his life for Rey's in a moment of her unexpected death, and transfers his life force into her as a final act as a Jedi. He disappears into the Force along with Leia's body, and the two pass into the Cosmic Force as Jedi. Uh, 
That's the final plan. That's the whole finale wrapped up in one little bow. So Palpatine did intend Ben Solo to be his vessel. And in uh, in result, uh, he actually uh, uh, ends up, um, I guess, deciding I'm going to switch things up since he's just got redeemed and he's, you know, he's fell, fallen away from the plan that I set out for him. Uh, instead, I'm just going to seek out my granddaughter, which was kind of a backup plan since he let his own son live to then proceed to have offspring. So plan B ended up working out for him. But in efforts to get that plan to work, that didn't work out either because Ray has become a Jedi. So she doesn't kill him. And then he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to like kill them both kind of thing. And then he's like, hold on a second. There's some power here that I just tapped into that can restore the one true emperor. So that's what he does. And that's kind of how he brings on his own destiny. That explains the regeneration thing then, yeah. Yeah. So so I guess maybe this was a bad call for the movie, but changing his plan so many times just made it very confusing what he was actually trying to do. Absolutely. It made it super, super confusing, man. Like I still watch that movie and I'm like, without this other information from all these books and everything now that we've got, this would make no sense still to the average consumer uh, or audience member. So notable appearances that we just mentioned today, Battlefront 2, the Aftermath trilogy, Last Shot, Bloodline, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, Age of Resistance comic, Star Wars Resistance, uh, Allegiance, Star Wars comic, uh, the sequel trilogy, and Galaxy's Edge comic book as well. So uh, all that stuff, um, you know, we uh, just uh, we just pretty much that. Oh, and the secrets of the secrets of the Sith novel as well was uh, um, uh, covered in in this conversation as well. So what do you what do you so, think of all that in summary now that that because we, we we're running out of time now. But in summary, like what do you think of this? I feel like it could have been a whole lot simpler. It's it's very convoluted, very needlessly. And I still don't see why Palpatine would have sent Ben away to fight Rey when he wanted him as the original plan to become a host for his Force Ghost. Why didn't he just make Kylo angry to strike him down the first time they met when he first when Kylo first gets to Exegol? <sighs> I don't really know. I mean, uh, that that's just one of those things, I guess, maybe his, maybe the, the moment that he wanted this to happen just wasn't ready yet or something. But here's the thing. There's actually, there's one part that I, that I, uh, wanted to bring up that I, I actually forgot to put in here. His plan not only is to possess Ben Solo and use him as a vessel, but the backup plan being Rey was also intended to, for her to be the Empress. So Ben and Ben being Palpatine and Rey being the Empress, the two of them were supposed to rule as master and apprentice as the leaders of the new empire kind of thing. So that's, yeah, if that also, makes any sense. It just it gets kind of weird because I feel like then you're going to get some weird interaction similar to before we knew Luke and Leia were related, right? That kind yeah. of situation because Ray and Kylo kind of had a thing. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, mind you, I mean, I don't think they would have had a thing if uh, Palpatine had uh, consumed Ben's body, but 
Uh, I feel like they already had a thing in episode eight, though. Oh, be- yeah, Ben and Ray. Yeah, no, Ben and Ben and Ray have a thing. But I'm just saying, like, if if Palpatine consumed Ben's body, yeah, it would it would no longer be Ben in there. It would be Palpatine. But so right? just, just think so. from like Ray's perspective, this guy that I had a crush on is now. Yeah, it's My a little grandfather. Weird. Yeah, yeah, it's so strange. It's it's the weirdest thing ever. But it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, and and knowing Palpatine, he's probably got some twisted, like, you know, secondary uh, plot to have offspring with Ray or something like that. Like, <laughs> like I don't like know, like the royals in medieval ages. Yeah, like using Ben's body to then have further offspring and have the the dream Sith child of both Vader and Palpatine combined. Oh like, gosh. you know, some weird thing like that. So. I mean, that's basically what Snoke is. He's an attempt at using Luke Skywalker's genetics and his own, right? So, um, I mean, like Ben Solo, though. Ben Solo is a character that it's a cool story, you know. Like, and and I mean, as much as I have my gripes with those movies and all the plot holes that they leave, um, he is probably the most interesting part of those three films. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He's the character that had the most depth to him and I was most interested about learning because I wanted to know what happened to cause him to fall to this position and be so obsessed with his grandfather and everything. Like it, it, the lead up to his character is very interesting and I wanted to know how we got there. Yep. Yep, totally. Um, I think, uh, you know, as, as the years go by, I think maybe we'll have some more stories that come out and flesh these characters out even more. And, you know, in time, I think it'll just sink in a little better as well. But, um, you know, some of it feels a little rocky still. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, uh, obviously with story group uh, and everyone, you know, like this stuff is still coming out and the sequels are still pretty fresh. I mean, I'm still seeing episode nine, like has just been winning awards recently still for, I guess, delayed award ceremony. So it's still a, a really recent, movie and mm-hmm. and uh you know as much as i it's, it's probably at the bottom of my list of of star wars movies that that you know if i were to rank them all kind of thing but um uh, it's still it is what it is it's episode nine it's forever gonna be episode nine and there's nothing i can do about it so i mean for just taking it what it is and just kind of accepting it as the last movie um i hope that there's more content that comes out that kind of smooths some of these things over. Um, like you said, I mean, you know, there's also a bunch of plot holes, obviously, that have kind of still need to be worked out. And, you know, well, if we're still going to get, I'm sure we'll get more Ray stuff at some point. Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll get a little more Ray stuff. Um, I would like to know a little bit more about her mother. Uh, maybe, honestly, one of the biggest throwaway lines in the whole sequel trilogy as well is, uh, is uh that ben ben solo says to her like you're i i watched this the other day as well on in the last jedi he's telling the truth like when he says your parents sold you off for drinking money they were nobody like he's in that moment like it was intended by ryan johnson that he wasn't lying like she was supposed to be nobody right and then episode nine came out changed the script and everything and then they wanted to make her somebody and then they changed the whole you know, idea of her lineage and her parents being these nobodies that were just drunks. Um, you know, there was like a bigger thing that came out of that. And and so that being the changes that they made has now caused a very rocky story for for Ray specifically. And and also this entire plot with Palpatine that was kind of retroactively dropped into the last second. 
uh, is something that we're always going to be a little flabbergasted by because as much as we all love Ian McDermott and stuff and we love the emperor as a villain, it just didn't seem like the right timing to bring him back. Like if they, if they wanted to bring him back, they should have started with episode seven to smooth that in. They shouldn't have just, <laughs> well, Poe Dameron, the line that he says, <laughs> it gets me every time. He said, it's movie starts, boom, 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 Kylo Ren, X-Goal, all the stuff. You go to the resistance base and then Poe Dameron comes out of the corner and he's like, everybody, somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> it's like one of the most jankiest lines, I think, in that entire trilogy. Like it's yeah, it's like, it's the, like we just gotta get it out there. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's know, like the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is like, guys, somehow Palpatine returned. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like all right cool no big just you know casual sith lord just comes back from the dead all good uh so yeah that's that's it's pretty rocky on. it's a rocky moment it's a rocky moment yeah yeah like it's it's rockier than than anakin and padme on naboo like it's it's like one of the rockiest things i've ever heard in my life dude like i hate sand is like peanuts compared to this line <laughs> let's not get out of hand here all right <laughs> Can't be that bad. It's that bad. I don't know about that. Put you, watch it again. you watch it again and try not to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least at least I hate sand is memeable. I mean True. it's got it's got that going for it. Uh, you know, the 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 Palpatine's back thing is like yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it really comes down to they wrote themselves into a corner and didn't know what to do. Yeah, it ultimately but, comes down to that for sure. So, you know, that aside, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, like it's agreeable that this is one of the more interesting characters of this trilogy. And, you know, we all love the Skywalker lineage. If there's one thing I could change about this character, and uh, maybe you can answer this question as well uh, before we go. But um, if there's one thing I could change, it would be the fact that he doesn't die at the very end. Um, like I, as as the protagonist of the sequels, I think it was... Uh, not out of the question that Ray died, as as maybe maybe someone in another perspective might be like, "Oh, dude, you're crazy." But I don't know. I thought it was like, "Oh, she's dying." Like it was a little unexpected, but at the same time, I could kind of accept it. But then that whole like trading of like life force, and then Ben just dies, and and then then the fact that he doesn't show up after next to Leia and the Force Ghost moment outside Tatooine, I was like, "Okay, I don't know." It just feels a little like. Again, like a bit of a rocky out kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so I you think he should have been a force ghost in that final scene? I mean, ultimately, I mean, uh, best case scenario, I think uh, he should have been the one to continue living and then live his life out as a Jedi, right? Uh, um, but, you know, the fact that they killed him, at least maybe have a force ghost in that final moment, but they didn't even do that. So they just had him... Boom, disappear. Leia's body disappears. Leia's body comes back. Ben's doesn't. It's a bit strange. Hmm. Um, no, that's a good point. I think he should have at, at least been a force ghost. But Yeah, yeah. If we're talking I, about the whole movie, though, mm -hmm. as a general, they should have just done it. They should have force ghosted freaking everyone. Like all the voices that Ray hears 
I would like why not see them? Like I would have been cool send off, right? Yeah. It would be it would be that would be really odd because that's what we were hoping to see in the other movies that we did, just never got. Like we got Force Ghost Yoda, you know, and and then Luke, I guess, you know, briefly in episode 9, but but that was it. Yeah, no Qui-Gon, no, no. Obi-Wan, no Anakin? Yeah. Nothing. Like when Luke is all depressed and mopey and stuff, you'd think that the Force Ghosts would come to him but i guess having cut himself off from the force or whatever you know this is a, this is a complete other discussion that maybe we can have a a whole separate but yoda does show up just way later yeah yeah exactly it just makes no sense right like there's so many things that just don't make sense and and late uh, i am yeah, 20 help. years ago i should have been here <laughs> make sense it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> make sense it does not <laughs> <laughs> all right any, maybe, any any last sorry what was that let's say maybe just, that's just part of being a force ghost is you can't tell time yeah maybe maybe is there anything you would uh change, change? about this character yeah hmm i guess i like him overall like especially comparing him to the other characters yeah as far as kylo himself I'd probably change his name because I still hate the name Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point, actually. <laughs> to me, it just doesn't seem like a good villain name. No, yeah. Well, I guess uh, it's the name of a child. You know, I like that they acknowledge that in the comic book a lot. Because it's silly. I wonder yeah. how JJ even came up with that. I bet JJ read that comic. He's like, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Charles the author of the of the comic, you know. Cuz Charles wrote that comic, wrote that comic very well. And you know, I think you I mean, at least you and I are thinking the same thing. It's like Kylo Ren, not very not a very dark name, you know, like no. Kylo, you know. And I've got a friend who uh named their dog Kylo. So, yeah. you know, after the character I think, but but still, like it's like it's not the most menacing thing it's not like a rottweiler no, or anything it's like a really small could, little dog i don't think you could use the word kyle and have anything no, kyle, yeah kyle it's like this is greg greg yeah, right? torn <laughs> like, yeah, doesn't, I mean. doesn't sound any more menacing than greg like greg yeah. is just not menacing so yeah kylo is not the most menacing thing and and so yeah that's a good point and so in the comic when snoke says it's you know like it's pure of heart of a child's thought you know then do yeah, it or whatever pure, it's like pure whatever yeah it's like okay yeah cool and then i look at you know jj behind the scenes is basically like a kid in the candy store when it comes to star wars stuff and reliving his childhood by making the ultimate you know fan film kind of thing with a big budget from disney maybe Makes a lot of sense that it's kylo <laughs> maybe jj abrams as a kid wrote yeah. his own fan fiction as darth kylo oh that was dude his name. i would not be surprised that like that that does not seem out of the question for me uh, to believe, yeah, that's that could totally be the case. It's the kind of thing that he would never admit on an interview either, because no. you know, he, he'd know that Star Wars fans would be just infuriated. But that'd be a fun uh, fan video to do a version would. of of uh, yeah. J.J. Abrams as a child creating this character. Yeah, SNL, take note, right? <laughs> All right, any any last things to bring up before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, I guess the last thing to say is the thing I really liked about Ben, which is pretty cool, is he kind of has a reverse uh, like dark side issue where like Anakin, most Jedi, they'll have this issue where they feel that pull to the dark side that they try to resist. Whereas uh, Ben has the opposite where he's mm-hmm. trying to be of the dark side, but he has this pull to go back to the light and he's fighting it. Right. 
Which is pretty cool. So yeah. it's almost saying, and it makes you wonder if the other Sith had this issue or they just like cut it off so profusely. But it makes you wonder then, depending, no matter which side of the force you're on, is the force always trying to pull you back to the center? Yeah, and the center being like, I guess, balance. the uh, the ability, yeah, balance and the ability to uh, make the... Uh, make the right choice um, because the balance doesn't necessarily mean striving between both the light and the dark. It actually, it actually does mean uh, staying in the light and being able to resist the dark. And so that, that's something that I think I brought up on, on other podcast episodes as well. And, and uh, I did one all about the force and I think it was just me on that one. I just talked endlessly about all the different sides of the force. And I think that came up at one point, but um, yeah, that was touched upon by Qui-Gon in a book called, uh, Master and Apprentice. And it was really, is really an interesting moment because, uh, Obi-Wan asks his master, like, wh- why do you, like, why, why Jedi? Like, why, why do you strive to stay in the light? You know? Uh, and I think Qui-Gon's answer is very simple. He says, I strive to be in the light because it's there. So it's you know it's it's a kind of like the voice of reason again like who would want to be you know uh uh like what darkness well yeah and like it's how george describes it when he when he breaks down what the what the dark side is it's selfish and um painful and and greedy and it's all the things that we don't want to be right so uh, the balance really is being able to deter that stuff, which constantly has an Im- an effect every day on each and every one of us to pull us towards that, right? And mm-hmm. and the balance is being able to resist it. But but yeah, you're right. Like Ben Solo is, you know, he's had so many. Uh, I guess he's lonely and he's lonely within the light side of the forest, and and all his family is, you know. I, I guess he feels betrayed and everything. So yeah, that that definitely I guess helps. Uh, him get sucked towards that and then and in efforts to not feel guilty about it tries to push himself deeper into it because it's I guess less painful than turning back so um, one of one of the best parts of episode nine though I mean I kind of I bash that movie a lot but one of the best moments actually is that that moment with Han Solo when they bring him back and it's not force ghost Han Solo or anything that's not a thing but it's in his head and I like that he shows up and replays in his own head the same event that happened when he killed his father, but he replays it differently in his head and he essentially forgives himself and he realizes that he's wrong and, mm-hmm. you know, he feels he doesn't have the strength to do what he needs to do. But in his heart, he knows that his father would still forgive him and still be with him in that moment because he touches his face when he dies and falls off the edge of that that walkway and he he does it and he takes this lightsaber and he just throws it away and you know i think it's like it's very uh it's a very powerful moment in that movie one that i'll never not appreciate it's one of the best moments i think that whole movie had to offer no agreed and harrison ford did a fantastic job in that scene as well 
for being such a, a gruff guy, he actually was, it was very heartfelt. He did a great job. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, props for him coming back to uh, a character he thought, ah, oh, yes, I'm, they finally killed me off. Like, what? Yeah. you want me to come back again? <laughs> just can't get rid of Han Solo. He just keeps getting pulled back. All right, man, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks again for coming back on the show. Sounds good. Got a blast. All right, we really hope you guys enjoyed our What Happened series. Well, we hope you enjoy the podcast in general, but our What Happened sub-series is uh, a favorite of mine. Diving into these characters and really taking a closer look at their story arcs is uh, uh, really, really cool. It's almost like a book study, but just looking at everything. All the books, all the comics, all the movies, everything. It's really exciting. And uh, especially for a character that you might not have read or consumed or, or anything, a lot of the, the content that must be missing from his life so uh hopefully we were able to fill in the picture just a little bit better for you guys and uh i really hope you enjoy listening as much as i love talking about this stuff so uh, if you are able to help us out in any way whatsoever it would be a five-star rating on the apple itunes slash apple podcast app if you have an uh, uh, an iphone otherwise any solid rating uh whatever podcast platform you're using that would be great And if there's no rating system, sharing the show with a friend is absolutely a huge help to us because it brings in new audience, fresh ears, and uh, just spreads the word about the show. It's it's a lot of word of mouth. We're ad-free and everything. So, you know, that's pretty much the only way that it ever gets done. And uh, if you want to take a look in the description below, you can find all the ways to get in touch with us here at Star Wars Escape Pod. Feel free to drop a voicemail. Let us know your thoughts on Kylo Ren, your thoughts on maybe this episode even, and uh, maybe some uh, some names you want to show up later in our What Happened sub-series. So, until next time, of course, we'll see you back right here on Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you. What we've done all this time. I want you to know that you have been a real friend of two. My best one, in fact. Finish what we've started.